to each other. Crowd's going crazy as there's no flag right on the Saints' sideline. Well, if Nikel Roby Coleman plays the ball, it's an interception. It's probably going the other way with it. I mean, the ball's on the other side of Roby Coleman, and but that should have been a penalty. That snap. The kick is good. Rams win it, and on to Super Bowl 53 they go. To Burkhead. Burkhead to the end This is Moose's Mulligans, where money talks and BS walks. Ah uh, yes, welcome back to Moose's Mulligans with me, your host, Alex Dryzak. It's your favorite sports podcast for money talks and BS walks. Ooh, that's brilliant. Brought to you by our great sponsors, Retro Color Band. You can go to RetroColorBand.com. Be looking for new sounds coming out from them soon. Uh, follow them on Instagram at RetroColorBand for all the latest updates. We're also brought to you by Brava Arts. Go to brava-arts.org to learn more about the Dance Academy. Now, moving on to sports. Now, I do want to talk mainly the show about the Hall of Fame inductions for Major League Baseball, but we got to start. We will have a Super Bowl preview show, but to start, we're, we got to talk about these uh, AFC and NFC Championship game. And the first thing I wanted to bring up was that we need to address the pass interference no call. What the big deal? It's what everyone's talking about. It's what all the Saints, well, not all. I mean, there have been some Saint fans who understand, but most Saint fans are complaining about that they got gypped, they got, you know, the game taken away from them. There's no excuse. And let me explain. They had the lead, the Saints. When this call happened... It was a minute 38 to go around there, minute 40 left to go in the game, and you had the lead. It is completely different if they were trailing. If they were coming from behind and they got gypped on that call, I'd feel it a little more for the Saints fans. But you had the lead at home late in the fourth quarter. It's on you. It's on your defense to close it out. It's on your offense to close it out as well. But if you can't close out those last two minutes with a lead at home, then you don't deserve to win. I don't care what the call was. If you have the lead at home that late, you close the door. If you don't, you go home. It's that simple. There's no need to adjust anything. It's it's a slippery slope if we start reviewing penalties. Uh, you can ask people who watch Canadian football that reviewing pass interferences really does slow the game down. And where do we stop? Do we just start reviewing every play? It It's not the fix. The fix is to get a better referee that can make the call and see that blatant call. So, don't blame the refs. The Saints lost because they blew their lead on their own. There was a call missed earlier that didn't go the Rams' way. It it goes back and forth the whole game. But if you have a lead that late in the fourth, you close it out. And real quick, with Tom Brady, we got to just relax, enjoy the show, and acknowledge that we're seeing the greatest quarterback of all time. So he has that alpha male leader mentality that a lot of people don't like. Hey, how'd you like to lose a bunch of teeth? Now, I don't like my mom isn't a fan of him. I'd say 98% of the country really isn't a fan of him. I'm not a Patriots fan, but I love watching Tom Brady play. And I love watching his pregame. I love watching his Instagram and people, people can't stand it. It makes them cringe. 
the point is is that once you accept that he is a leader, that he is an alpha male, and that he doesn't care who knows that, that's when you can respect him and watch his game the best. You're going to feel uncomfortable watching him or listening to him because he asserts himself so much and he's so confident in himself. It makes you feel a little uncomfortable about yourself. People on the Patriots love Tom Brady. They love having him on their army. When you play against him, you hate him. You just can't stand him. And it is just the perfect, perfect example, kind of like General Patton. Everyone loved him in his army and the way they fought for him, but anyone that went against him absolutely couldn't stand him. And the reason is because they're a leader, they're strong, and it makes you uncomfortable in yourself if you're not as, uh, if you don't buff your chest out as much, if you don't have that much confidence in yourself to get the job done. And he's the 199th pick overall, sixth round pick. Show some damn respect. Close, but still no. All right, so let's move on to the main core. Let's go to the, let's go to the meat, let's go to the, the main entree of tonight. Let's let let's have dinner. I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling at this point. Let's talk about the MLB Hall of Fame ballots this year. I'm a big fan of who got in. I think all four should have gotten in. Messina got in. Edgar Martinez got in. Roy Halladay got in. And Mariano Rivera got in. I'm one of those believers. The last four years, that ever since the twenty five years now, we're almost six years. Geez, since 2013, when nobody got into the Hall of Fame. I think 10 people should have been getting in a year right now just to get... We have such a backlog of people who deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And it's for the stupidest reasons. And they're, they're just so so stupid reasons that we need, we need to bring them up, talk about them, and address and realize how stupid they are, and then move on from them so that we can get actual people into the Hall of Fame who deserve it. So Mariano Rivera, obviously, 100% ballot, first time ever. That's a great sign. Let's start with the positive here. It's a great sign for the ballots. Someone finally got in 100% who deserved to be 100%. There have been plenty of people that deserve to be 100% ballots. And yet somehow, some way, some person who we somehow trust to decide if they're Hall of Fame or not says, you know, eh, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. We're talking Babe Ruth wasn't 100%. Willie Mays wasn't 100%. Don't make me go down the list. It's... It's embarrassing that there wasn't 100% before this, but I couldn't have picked a better guy to be the first 100% and start the new trend in Mariano Rivera. All you need to do is watch a highlight film of this guy breaking bats, being clutch, and it the rest is the rest is history. He he totally deserves it and I'm proud of him. So, Mike Messina is my next guy on the list. Number 2 here. I think Mike Messina deserved to be in the Hall of Fame a little bit ago. Look at his stats. And let's have a real talk. Besides CeCe Sabathia, when are we ever going to see these stats again in baseball? He was playing in the middle of the PED era, which you guys all claim that these hitters can't get in because they were overdosed on it, so it made it unfair. He pitched in the middle of it. He would lead the, you know, he, had, he pitched so many innings, and we don't have that anymore. We got to love that, respect that. The guy was so close to 300 wins. He almost had two perfect games. He was two outs away total. He was one out away twice. We show no respect to the man. Look, he deserves to get in. Compare his stats to any other pitcher right now that's, I'd say, six years into their career. And you tell me if you think they're going to have the kind of career Messina had. No. We're not going to see that for a very long time. Maybe Clayton Kershaw if he can stay healthy. But he's had his injury. I'm starting to doubt it with his injuries. So appreciate it. That's the big key of this so far. 
Next is Edgar Martinez. And anyone who hits over 300 in their career, it it's amazing. Good for them. And the excuse that he doesn't have a position. Okay, hold on one sec. Let's also with Rivera as a closer. Listen. If you don't think closers are important, then don't play the ninth inning. Bring bring in bring in your fifth favorite guy out of the pen when you're up one or two. That's what I thought. Now, closers are being redefined. They're being used earlier in games, but there's still that closer mentality to where you bring that guy in to be your stopper. He gets the job done. Same thing goes with a DH. If you think a designated hitter is not a position, hit your pitcher. Nobody's stopping you. <laughs> the rules don't say, oh, you have to start a DH. They don't say that. If you don't think a DH is important, then why are we still playing DHs? Edgar Martinez, no doubt, Hall of Famer. Roy Halladay, uh, two Cy Youngs. That's really what made me put, put, put him on my ballot. It's really, really a tragic death. But I'm looking at his career stats and the two Cy Youngs. He was the dominant pitcher for six to seven years there. And that's very impressive. I always love the competition in the ALE. So kudos to him pitching in that division as well. But he did win two Cy Youngs. He was voted the best pitcher twice. So that does help him get in the Hall of Fame. Now we're moving on to the guys that didn't get in, and I think they should. So let's start with one that doesn't make me puke, because I'm going to get to a few that will. Larry Walker. Larry Walker and Todd Helton. These two, these two are not in because they played at Coors Field. That's the only excuse you can give me. To hit over 300 in a career for Todd Helton and be the leader of his team for so long, and he doesn't get in the Hall of Fame. And you know why he doesn't get in the Hall of Fame? Because... Oh, he played half his home games at Coors Field. If you think playing half your games at Coors Field affects your Hall of Fame value, then why are we even playing games there? If it's such a big deal, why do we still play games there? Because, oh, if Charlie Blackman produces the way he does for the next eight years, he's not going to be a Hall of Famer because he, he played for the Rockies. <laughs> That's some BS. Come on. If, if we thought that that stadium made that big of an impact to the game, we wouldn't let a team play 82 games there. So Larry Walker, Todd Helton, into the Hall of Fame. The next guy is we got a little controversy. So let's start with Kurt Schilling. Now, his actually his regular season stats aren't as great as I thought they were when I was reviewing them. His postseason stats are obviously going to jump out at you uh, with Arizona, Boston. He was really good with Philly. And it... He did have a Hall of Fame career, in my opinion. Uh, his playoff, uh, I would say, skills, kind of like Andy Pettit, who I'll get into in a sec here. He's not on my ballot, but we'll, we'll talk in a sec. Uh, he, he's Hall of Fame worthy for his playoff ability, and he did have a few years there where he did dominate and was a top pitcher in the league. And I'd say he had four more years where he was a really, really solid starter. Moving on to Barry Bonds. Okay, he's the all-time home run leader. I don't care what you say. PEDs were illegal in the country, but they weren't illegal in baseball. They got redefined, and then we had all those issues come out. with yeah, this. He was a stud before the PED situations when he suddenly was huge, but he could still hit a baseball. His stats are ridiculous, even if it was with PEDs. To average over a 1,100, not, not just a 1,000 OPS, a 1,100 OPS, for what was it, ten seasons? Give me a break. The guy had over two hundred walks one season. Walks. Guy's a Hall of Famer. Let's get over this. Let's put him in. Also, Roger Clemens. 
talk about a bulldog. He pitched so well for so long and great in the postseason. Why are we even debating it? Oh, because he got caught with PEDs. Well, now we're learning that at the time, they weren't technically illegal. They were illegal in the It's kind of a weird situation where they're illegal in the country, but they weren't technically illegal in baseball. So I'm not penalizing him for it. I'm putting him in the Hall of Fame. I don't care about the hate on this guy. Send it in. Then I got Fred McGriff. I don't know how he's not in yet. You guys on the committee really need to clean it up. Fred McGriff's been a Hall of Famer since he retired, so... This this is this just points out how far we still have to go with the committee. And the point I want to make is is that that's my ballot. And I still have Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling, and Larry Walker, and Fred McGriff taking up five spots. They should be in the Hall of Fame already. And Edgar Martinez, actually. Edgar Martinez takes up a sixth spot this year. I, they should already be in. The problem is they're not in. They We have one year where nobody got in. And these guys should have been in three or four years ago. They start taking spots away from people. So I can't vote for Jeff Kent, who I think is a Hall of Famer for sure at second base. But I don't have room on my ballot. I can't vote for Omar Vizquel. I don't care how he was with the press. Him and Jeff Kent both together. I really don't care. I can't put him on my ballot. And Andy Pettit would have a vote of mine eventually if I had room on the 10-person ballot. But I don't have room on my ballot. So the point is, is... Putting a ballot limit, in my opinion, is kind of stupid. I think the ballot rules are stupid, and I think the fact that we're still holding some of these grudges against players is stupid. Man, real, real positive night for me here. <laughs> Alright, that's all the time we have. Uh, quick shout-out again to our sponsors, Retro Color Band. You can go to RetroColorBand.com. New apparel is posted, and be listening for new sounds. Follow them on Instagram, at RetroColorBand, for the latest news. Uh, Brava Arts, go to brava arts, uh, brava-arts.org to learn more information about the classes they offer and dances and more about the nonprofit. Again, this is your favorite sports podcast for money talks and BS walks. You can go to facebook.com slash Mulligans, give us a like. Follow us on Instagram at Mooses Mulligans. And until next time, we'll see you later.